0: So today started like any other day. I got up, got my girls ready, ready to go to school, packed lunches. And I got in the car, took the girls to school, and I came back home. And I had errands to run because it's Teacher Appreciation Week. So I went and got all the bits and pieces and gifts for my daughter's teachers. And so on my way back home from being out for, I don't know, in like an hour, an hour and a half. The two hours, it was hot as hell outside. Already at like eleven AM. I got a call from my from my middle kids preschool. And the call goes as follows Hey, Mrs. Elwood. Yeah? Amy got the back of an earring stuck inside her ear. What? Say that again? Yes, Amy got the back of an earring stuck inside her ear. (laughs) And I mean, it's like a, it felt like a movie. Like I literally just got home and I'm unpacking the car. And I'm about to bring my youngest one with me because she obviously is with me. (laughs) Well, I guess that's not so obvious, but my husband had to go into the office. So I just had her with me. So I get this call and I'm like Amy got a back of an earring bead stuck in her ear. How does that happen? Because I'm thinking if she has the back of an earring bead in her ear, whose earring did she put in her ear? Are we just like exchanging earrings? And secondly, Amy doesn't have her ears pierced, so then how on earth would that end up in her ear? So I'm kind of like, all right, I'm I'm gonna go get her. They're like, all right, great, yeah, come get her. (laughs) So quick, so quick to send your child home, all because they have a bead of earring or whatever in their ear. Anyway, I'm like freaking out, right? I'm just like, oh, this can't be, and I'm hot, sweating, My, my kid is sweating. It's just really hot and on top of that the air conditioning in my car isn't working right now and I just I have now I have to go like get that work done so I'm freaking out I'm like literally you know I'm at a stop sign at a stoplight, and I'm like okay urgent care urgent care that takes my insurance and I'm like doing the whole bit and I finally find one and I have to get on a wait list and mind you this is like 11 12 o'clock when I get this call and the wait list is like two o'clock at urgent care. And I'm just thinking like, oh my God, I'm by myself. My husband's in like, uh, he's shooting right now. So I'm just kind of like, okay, what is this? And I was like, look at him, can you get like, you know, foreign objects out of children's ears? Like, it just, I don't know, it was insane, right? So then I, I, I get to the school I pick her up and it's I guess it's nap time and everyone's asleep and Amy's just kind of like "Eh, eh." and if you've ever met Amy you know what that, that face she makes or that kind of like you know disastrous situation that she realizes she's in and you know you ask her if something hurts and she'll most likely tell you it hurts before she tells you it doesn't hurt um so I I knock I get her And I get, bring her to the car, and I look at the ear, the thing that's in her ear, and I'm like, what the fuck? How did that get in there? And from what I gathered, it wasn't a earring, like the back of an earring. It was like a bead, like a jewelry bead. It's one of those, like, little silver, little balls, like, of bead. And it was, it was, luckily, it was textured. It wasn't just some, like, solid sphere. But it was, like, you know... I don't know, it looked like, it looked like the Epcot golf ball, if you know, you know. So, so then I am looking at it, and I'm like, you know what, I think I can get this out myself. You know, because like, to take her to urgent care, and mind you, I'm getting her at noon, and I have to get my, like, other kid at around three, and I'm thinking, if we go into urgent care at two o'clock, What are the chances that I'm going to get out in time at three to pick up my other one? And I'm just like debating or not really debating, just like juggling, like, what should I do? And I said, you know what? I'm just going to attempt at this myself. What could go wrong? You know, why not? Why not try to take this bead out of my kid's ear? So as I'm driving back, I'm just like, just so honestly I'm so scared I'm thinking to myself you know what the hell like is she gonna need surgery are they gonna need to open up her ear to get this damn beat out is she gonna have like you know irreversible like eardrum damage like you name it you're already going through all of it and I'm just like (laughs) I'm driving like mourning my child's ear just you know like of all the people to get something stuck in her ear it would be Amy so we get home and I'm just like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? So I realized that I have like, um, a really tiny, um, screws for like earrings, not earrings. Oh my goodness. For like eyeglasses. And I thought if I could just get it just enough to like push the ball forward to me, because it was that close. And I tried that and it's just like, Oh, even just thinking about it right now, I'm just like, Oh, like I just can't imagine having something that deep in my ear and then like something people somebody wiggling anyhow she was very strong she was a very strong girl I will say that so then I um it isn't coming out And <laughs> I'm like tilting her over I'm like shaking her head to the side I'm you know trying to get her to like bring it down bring it, and like sometimes I can see it like come down and then move up come down and then go in So then I looked it up again and I was like, you know, I read that like if you put a little oil around the ear, it will help in the ear canal, it will help the thing kind of come out faster or smoother, especially if it's like insects. So I thought, you know what? It's a fucking bead. It need, like it's going to go through if it has oil on the, on the outside. So I, so I readjust her ear in a way where I can open it just enough so that I can get the screw thing just behind to push it forward and the problem was it was stuck in some like <laughs> earwax. <laughs> and so I finally got it out you guys I got it out oh it was such a sigh of relief. I, I legitimately started crying I just thought like oh my god like I just. I, I thought it was, like, the worst thing that could have possibly happened to her at this time. Like, why? Why right now? Why, when I'm by myself, does my child need to get a bead stuck in her ear? And so the entire afternoon, I've just been, like, every time I look at her, I'm like, can you please not put things in your ear? Like, please don't put anything in your ear. Like, just stop. Stop doing these things to yourself. And honestly, that was just like just the middle midpoint of my day. <laughs> um yeah, so you know, it, it it's it, it's chaotic, right? Just having having children and, and just having little ones under 10, they're just all over the place. So I would, you know, really consider if you want to have children or not, like, do you have the heart to be able to withstand watching them suffer or go through pain or like not being able to like help and because you got to have a really, really big, really big tender, but also strong heart for that because it's honestly such a hard experience to just like and also, I'm I'm really glad that it was just me, because I feel like had my husband been here and had my mom been here when she was visiting, I felt like they just would have escalated the situation, and not because they would have escalated the situation, but you know, when you have more people freaking out about a situation, everything just escalates more. I just took a deep breath, and I just resolved the situation. I got it out, you know? No one was watching me. It was just me and my girl. And we got it done. And she is beadless, y'all. Okay. She is beadless. So yeah, that sums up my afternoon, the peak of my afternoon. Um other than that, it's been a pretty good week. I've um am making a lot of strides in Animal Crossings. For those of you who listened to the last episode, you know that Animal Crossing's been like my thing my game right now that I'm like obsessed with um you know it's it's really fun so if you play Animal Crossing let me know so we can visit each other's islands and that would be super fun because I'm I'm kind of hungry to get out actually I did get out once I um got on Reddit and some nice people this nice girl I think she was from Atlanta she opened up her island to a couple of us visitors and she let us grab like she was like re uh what i think she called it like she was like re terracotting or re farming her her island so she said come and get a bunch of things and i was able to get like on my island at the time i only had cherries and apples and some coconuts um, and then I grew some sugarcane and bamboo shoots, but I just was missing some things. So, oh, and I also had some carrots. So in her Island, I was able to pick up peaches and potatoes and tomatoes. So that was really cool. Um, and just recently I purchased some wheat. So, you know, we got a good, we got some good agriculture for exporting. We think the Highlands going to make some money with, um, with the export. Uh, Anyway, uh, yeah, so it was really nice kind of getting to visit somebody else's island and having some online play with other people. And I don't know, I kind of felt like no one wants to play with me in this new island. But I was also like just checking it out. And I was like, oh, you know, their islands are very like so different than mine. I'm also like wondering how I can find more people whose islands look like mine. I'm wondering how they structured it how they landscaped it and all that stuff um because I'm looking at mine and I'm like oh I don't you know one time side note I actually considered being a city planner at one point and I thought oh if I was a city planner I would just have all these great ideas and the cities would just be so much better under my care and under my like you know designing engineering and all that and here I am playing Animal Crossing and I'm like I I'm pretty glad I didn't head in that direction. I mean, just like off of face value, like right now on my island is, you know, my, my, my housing structure, you know, they're not, the way I have like my houses set up, I have districts, right? I have like two house districts and then I have like the shopping, defi- the financial district and I have like the playground area and then there's me obviously at the top of the mountain in my house and me taking literally that side of the island, which is fine. Like I'm the one that busts my ass in my island. Anyway, (laughs) if you're playing Animal Crossings, I would love to connect and hang out on each other's islands and just like be inspired and like give each other, you know, do it yourself recipes and, and commerce and produce and all that jazz. Speaking of jazz, shall we get into the episode? Hey guys, it's March, and you're listening to Hola Chola. It's the penultimate episode. Here we are. One episode left. And we'll be done with season one of Winning Time. Can y'all believe it? I can believe it, but can you? (laughs) So we open up and the first thing I notice is we got a new nurse. So no more Lucia. I do wonder why though. I mean, maybe because Jeannie didn't want her involved anymore or the misunderstanding just like wasn't worth having her around. But There's a new male hot nurse. Easy on the eyes for Mama Bus. And so that was one of, that's what I recognized from the opening scene. And so we move on, and it's Frank, Claire, and Bus at the playoffs. Claire's talking to Bus, and she's basically telling him that she wants Jeannie on his team. And Bus had the audacity to say, Who? Who? And she was like, your daughter. She's invaluable to our team, which is such a joy because she really is. And I, to see on this show how she comes in, basically, she comes in through via nepotism. But, you know, comes in, besides the fact that she came in through nepotism, she really loves the game and has a passion for it and has a passion for, the advertising part of the sport has a passion for making people excited she watched her father and saw all the things that he how he behaved and what he wanted to see and she literally made that happen I mean talk about knowing someone without realizing how much you know them you know so we move into a couple of we have Jerry talking to Jerry and they're telling each other they're gonna sleep on things. Okay, all right. All right, great generation, okay. So we move on and it's Pat talking to his wife, the mouse. But the mouse does say something very interesting to Pat, which I think it's what constant motion essentially, which is function forward and control what we can. Even in the midst of chaos, you kind of have to move through things. You can't just stop. And, and you, you can't just stop this constant motion abruptly. It's going to create chaos. So I thought her telling him function forward to me was very important for him to continue to push through and see what's on the other side for him to see it all the way through finishes through. So, you know, it's not like she's without wisdom there. There is some there. I just don't like her, but okay, moving on. We get it. You don't like her. So, um, so now we're in the locker room, and, uh, Spencer is at it again. He's essentially mm, scratching that monkey. Mm. We, We get flashes of when we see him hungry and yearning for, I think, I think his thing is crack. We see him, and he's basically, we're having flashbacks of this man in the barn, almost whipping him. And we're not really sure why this white man in a barn with a cowboy hat is whipping him. Or it's not, it's not really saying it's whipping him, but it's whipping. But I'm assuming it's him because he's the one that's having the memory. And so he basically takes pills or he takes something he smokes in the locker room, basically. And so then he's at practice. And there's a moment there where he's sitting cross-legged and he looks almost dead, like completely dead. And one of his teammates, I believe Thompson, goes up to him and he goes, Spencer, Spencer, wake up. And everyone starts freaking out because we thought Spencer basically, it looked like he just had a heart attack. And he basically just like comes out of his like deep, deep, um, Uh, reduced heart rate and basically freaks out at Thompson for waking him up but he he legitimately was just like so high and so stoned that he like could not move so I I was actually really scared in that moment I wasn't sure what was gonna come of it but he woke up all right Spencer like damn damn Spencer so now we have Spencer and Kareem Spencer runs out the locker room, and you have Spencer sweating. And Kareem is basically like, "You need to get clean for the playoffs. I need you clean. We need you clean. Stay off that shit until until after the playoffs. After that, we can like revisit our conversation and your contract. Essentially, not not in those terms, but essentially. And so you have Kareem. Um, you have Spencer being like." yeah okay fine like I'm gonna get clean I'm gonna get clean and then there's more locker room dick shots and I just wow the amount of nudity and sex in this show is incredible because I you know I understood the, the Lakers in basketball it is a very sexy sport for sure it's very sexy it's you know there's a lot of sweat a lot of like chiseled muscles and sweat and a lot of like testosterone playing against each other it's it's very hot but i was not expecting this amount of just like flash nudity which again i don't have a problem with i just wasn't expecting it that's all now now i'm like okay cool like let's normalize dick shots in locker rooms i'm cool with it (laughs) oh my god and so now we're at bus and and we're at we're at and now we're with Dr. Buss and the doctor in the office. And the doctor's telling Dr. Buss, like, nothing's working. You just have to decide if she's gonna die. you're gonna have to have to decide how she's gonna die. And basically, Dr. Buss sp- immediately begins to spiral. Like, he cannot handle this happening. Which makes sense, his mother has been his everything, his motivation to be successful has been his mom. And so now he's about to lose that very thing. You know, I can't imagine having lost one parent in childhood through abandonment but then also to having to lose that the only parent you have left, seemingly the only family you have left because in, ep- in this show we really engage with Dr. Buss and his mom and his daughter and his ex-wife We don't really see anything else further than that, which I don't expect to. But, you know, just to round out him as a player, but again, not as a player, as a character and as an owner of the Lakers at this time. (laughs) So then, right as Octobus is spiraling, he slaps the shit out of the camera. And I just loved it so much. I felt like he slapped the shit out of me. And winning time does this so beautifully. It it breaks the fourth wall, so it really brings you in as if you are buddy buddies with Doctor Bus, the way that him and Magic are. So for us to also get slapped, it's it's about to be a darked out episode. And so. After Dr. Bus receives this information that none of the medicines are working, nothing is following through, uh, her her condition is worsening and her um, cancer is spreading everywhere. John C. Riley decides, John C. Riley. Dr. Bus decides, I'm going to do the thing that my mom loves the most breaking and entering. <laughs> so he. He interrupts Jeannie while she's in a meeting with uh, her other two coworkers, who want Jeannie on their team. And so this is one of those moments where, you know, she's at a fork in a road. In a bit, in a way, where Dr. Buss is like, "We're leaving. I just got an idea. We're going on a trip." And, you know, she's like, "I'm working," and her team, her coworkers, are like, "You're working," and she's like, "Well." let me just see what my dad wants you know again those privileges and I'm really hoping that doesn't like and I mean I don't think it can given with what we learn later on in the episode but you know you can just kind of see that crossroad right then and there where she's kind of like these are the perks of being daddy's girl who my daddy who owns the Lakers you know but I'm on this team and I swear I'm a serious person but nonetheless it's breaking and entering Jesse, Jerry, and Jeannie, they all go to the, um, I don't know what that was called. It's like the hotel or, or country club that they used to go to when, um, Jerry and Jesse, when Jerry was younger, Jesse would take him there um, and spend his summers there at the pool. And so they're all, like all kind of talking and laughing and you can just you can really sunset that something that something's looming something dark is looming and you can sense the end is near for jesse and so they're all talking about jesse and genie are talking about jerry dr bus basically how jerry is a terrible liar he has no poker face he wears everything on his sleeves and you can see everything he's going through which is kind of like, I don't know about that because if you've seen the seeds and he's been pretty good about making sure everything seems like everything is okay while he's suffering inside. But nonetheless, Miss Jessie says that Jerry has a twitchy poker face which means that you can tell when he's lying. Basically, Jeannie tells Jessie that she doesn't know how to play poker jerry never taught her and she was like how do you not know how to play poker we bus women that's in our blood we are poker women so guess who pulls out the deck mr dr bus who if you if you look back on all the other episodes he always has a deck of cards and i don't know if you ever noticed but He's always carried a deck of cards, even in the very beginning of season of season one of the episode one, he's always had cards on him and it's such a subtle character trait. And I didn't even like, it didn't even register to me that he had, um, cards on him and he absolutely did. So basically Jesse and Jeannie are talking and J and, and Jesse is telling Jeannie that she needs to choose her life decide the life that she wants to live because right now she's really living for her dad and living for how he sees her but when is she going to step up and live for herself there's a position in the advertising part of the Lakers and she wants to be in it and she would be great at it And she should really do it because she would be good at it. She's proven herself to be really good at it. And so that's the crossroad that we're gonna see her in. So now we're back with Jerry West and Jack and they're talking and Jack is reaffirming Jerry that he's gonna be, he's gonna do it. He's ready, ready he's ready to, he's ready to coach the team. So Jerry seems convinced and Jack leaves. And so Jack leaves. He's like, you know what? I can head out on my own. I remember the place. I can leave the stadium, which like we're about to see how he absolutely no longer remembers that. And so he's walking and he's walking really like sloppily. Oh, like, he's kind of coming down. Like, you can see him, like, deteriorating. He seems exhausted. He seems confused. And we start to see him losing it, basically finding himself really disoriented. He doesn't know where he is. He can't remember why he's there or where he's at. He doesn't even recognize the security guard. The lights start flashing, and we're we're basically... What I think is watching him have some sort of like mild stroke or seizure and the lights are flashing and obviously this is all a cause of his head injury so you know the imminent doom that we all knew was happening was that Jerry unfor- I mean Jack was unfortunately just incapable of coaching this team at this time under these conditions he's just not ready or so we're back at the pool it's morning they're all kind of waking up and Jerry's pretty much ready to go like the bus goes to his mom and he goes "All right, mom let's go ma it's ready to go let's go and ma isn't waking up and I screamed I thought this was it like oh my god she's dead this was it this was the last bit she's dead she's dead well luckily she's not dead but she did have a stroke So, you know, what's next, right? Let's let's continue the shitstorms that's happening. And so now, while Jesse, while Dr. Buss is sending Jesse to the hospital, we're back with Shitstorm Shakespeare and Shanty Patty. And these two are talking and they're trying to decide, like, we can do this. Again, we have Pat telling Paul we can do this. Pat and Paul, it's us. We're a team. We can fuck them all. Fuck them all. So now it's four days until the playoffs. And throughout the episode, they've been counting down how many days till the playoffs. So now we're at the point where it's four days till the playoffs, and it flashes. And it turns out Dr. um, Mrs. Jesse had a hemorrhage. And one thing I wanted to know the doctor the actor playing the doctor reminded me of like a young Robin Williams or the kid from Jumanji remember the little boy who turns into a monkey uh I think I'm almost certain that was him I uh, I I didn't look too much into it at the time I, I think I forgot or got distracted but I'm certain that it was the kid from Jumanji but I'm also gonna look back and um Tell you in the next episode whether or not i was right or wrong also i was also wrong about how a marathon is made it wasn't in rome geez i did i did say it was either greek or rome but it was very much greek because marathon is a greek name duh but it wasn't from it wasn't from rome to marathon it was from marathon to athens or the other way around yeah just can't get it right can I but just wanted to make a correction I'm well aware I was wrong it was Greece it was ancient Greek okay so now we have Jerry and Jerry again and they're trying to decide well who's the coach who's the coach who's gonna be the coach and they're again letting me sleep on it Jesus Christ and now we're with um, McKinney and his wife and McKinney's like, I want this. And his wife's like, why? Just look at you. What kind of quality of life do you have now chasing this chasing this sport and your condition? She goes, it was me who was pounding your heart so that you can come back to live because you were dying. I don't want to continue to have to pound your heart to live again. And honestly, you know, like, that's true when you're that much older and your body and you you had such a, a dangerous and obviously a life-changing accident, you can't get back to the way it was you You have to take it easy and McKinney's out here being like a madman. Unfortunately, his madness is coming across as just utter madness. He's leaning into whatever part of his brain damaged I don't know that's just kind of how I'm seeing it um you know that part of the brain where like when when it's when you get into an accident you know and a, a certain part of like a certain the frontal or the back the left or the right whichever one gets affected the other one becomes goes into overdrive if you know what I mean so while they're having this argument they hear a knock on the door and guess who it is It's Dr. Bus, but Kenny wouldn't know it. Kenny wouldn't know it, and he didn't recognize Dr. Bus. Oh, oh, my God. How do you undo that? How do you undo that? He didn't recognize Dr. Bus. He's, at this point, he's a goner. He's, he's a goner. Bye Kenny. Hate to see you go. The next scene we're with Shakespeare and Patrick, Patty, Pat. And they're kind of pacing in the office. They're like, Are they gonna pick us? Are they gonna pick you? Are they gonna pick us? Dr. Bus goes, I need you to I need you to win. I need you to bring me the trophy. I need you to bring it home. And the plastic bottle is crinkling. And he's now a character. The plastic bottle crinkling is a character. And they hug and embrace each other, Pat and Shakespeare, and they're just besties. It just, we just saw it coming, right? We all saw this budding relationship coming. So it's finally the playoffs, and the Lakers fucking win the Western Conference, they're champions. And as they're winning, Dr. Bus is having to pull the plug on his mom. I mean, talk about a high and low. We have Dr. Bus pulling the cord on his mom, pulling off life support. And then we have his other team winning the Western Conference. It's all too much. It's so, so high-low, like honestly, I was, I Think I was sick by the end of this episode, I, I felt ill, and so now we have Spencer. Oh, my goodness, and he's rebasing again. Oh, oh, we're losing him, we're, we're gonna lose him, aren't we? Sweaty, drugged out, and he goes to Kareem or goes to practice, and everyone knows he's on drugs, and so now the team has to decide. There's a group, there's a team meeting, and before. The owners and the head coaches would decide what the the players, what they should do with the players. But this time they left it up to the team to decide. And that's because of Paul. Paul wanted to make this a forum in his true Shakespeare manner. He asked the team, he's one of us. We all have to be in agreement whether or not we're going to keep him. And they basically held a vote. And it was up to Kareem to decide whether or not Spencer stayed or left. And he snipped him. He said, Spencer, you're not good for the team. You're not good for yourself. You need to go get better. And that can be a pretty hard thing to do because him and Spencer were at the, at the forefront of BLM in, in basketball just several years prior Spencer had taken the NBA to court for rights and so for discrimination so to have that same man that you was beside you tell you you're no longer a good fit for the team it's it's gut-wrenching I cannot imagine what that feels like but when you're not in a good place mentally you have to remove yourself from the situation or else somebody else will do it for you. And here we are. And so it ends again in such a beautiful high and the low. We find ourselves with magic on the court and he's practicing the sky, the infamous sky hook, the Kareem sky hook. And Kareem, the sage shows up and he's expressing to magic what the skyhook really means the the mechanics the science the 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 wisdom behind the skyhook and finally we're seeing these two individuals who were really at odds at the very beginning of their relationship coming together seeing eye to eye and and Kareem finally embracing magic for everything that he is and magic embracing Kareem because that is what magic does his smile is contagious and you know when you think it's all over I'm just thinking to myself like wow what a cool show I just I'm so glad I like got to enjoy the season and cover with you all we end with Spencer going to the plug asking for weapons And you're thinking, okay, is he about to delete himself? Is he about to delete himself right now? Like, for real, right now? Right now, of all the things, this is what you want to do. But no, he doesn't want to delete himself. He wants to delete the Lakers. What? What? Spencer, get it together. Jesus. So that's it that was the episode i just love this show so much i really enjoyed covering it and recapping it with you all i hope you guys have enjoyed me and us on this show we have one more episode left it's the finale and i'm gonna be so sad to see it go but i'm excited for when it returns and so thank you guys for tuning in with me on this episode i'll see you next time bye